the Big Fight Weekend Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is doing everything they can to help DGENs only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to get a 50% deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit matches up to 50 bucks. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Sean Green's latest comedy album, This Loss Hurts Us All, for only $3.99. That's right, only $3.99. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean to get the new album. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Sean. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, welcome in, everybody. As I always like to say, whenever there are huge fights and fight weekends, we will come in with bonus recap podcasts, and that's exactly what we're doing in the aftermath of a weekend from fights from California to London to Texas and back to Las Vegas. We're here to talk all about it as part of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable, somewhat rested, somewhat clearly thinking host. He is the senior writer of BigFightWeekend.com's website, Marquise Johns. My goodness, so much to talk about. Did you have a great weekend overall? I know it did not work out for your Detroit Lions on Sunday, but at least Friday and Saturday week sauce had a lot of great boxing action. It's good to have you. How are you? Pretty good, TJ. Yes, Sunday was not not very good. But no, this weekend of bikes, however, was a lot better than the uh, Detroit football club that happened on Sunday afternoon. Yes, uh, so we have had plenty of NFL. Then again, you could be a Cowboys fan right about now, Marquise. But that's Ooh. a whole whole different discussion uh, about that. Better better in Texas to be the Cowboys or better in Texas to have taken that left hook from Gervonta Davis? We ask. We ask rhetorically, which would you rather be <laughs> right about now? Anyway, we'll get to Gervonta Davis and that punch, which is now in the running for knockout punch of the year later on in the podcast. Let's kind of begin chronologically with the DAZN show uh, with Jaime Munguia, former world junior middleweight champ, WBO 154-pound champ. He's moved up now to 160, the middleweight, looking for a title shot somehow, someway against someone. He won the main event from Golden Boy Boxing against Toriano Johnson, uh, contender fight, and this was a nasty cut that ended this one, Marquise. Pick it up from there as it started the weekend on Friday night. TJ, Friday night on the zone, that cut that uh, Toronto Johnson took from McGee from an uppercut may have been one of the nastiest cuts I have ever seen. And what happened was that his mouth guard got cut when he got punched. And it looked like literally someone put a, put a knife to his face, TJ. Like, that was, that was rough. And it was actually a great showing by Mangia because while he's not exactly known for his defensive prowess, and that was still on display and missing in action on Friday night, 
he gave Johnson pretty much a beatdown for the for the solid six of those seven rounds of that six out of the six no seven out of the six, six rounds that thing actually happened and it was interesting to see where he goes from here because uh, it was for his uh, WBO Intercontinental whatever title uh, in, in terms of placement in the WBO. Uh, he's considered the next mandatory at some point now, now that Liam Williams is still overseas and Andrade still needs to fight somebody, and he's calling everybody out, but he's not calling out uh, Hami Munguia. So we'll see if that happens down the line. Yeah, so and so Boo Boo can't get an opponent. He did fight back in February defending the WBO 160-pound title, so maybe it is uh, Andrade Munguia. Uh, again, Canelo Alvarez has a couple of the other belts, including the WBC franchise belt. Do you want fries with that? How long do those organizations stand by him when he has not fought and defended as a middleweight now for over a year and a half? You talk about the ridiculousness of them ordering some fighters to step up and fight, right, Marquise, within 90 days or 120 days. Uh, Canelo Alvarez has not had a middleweight title fight now in some 18 months, now that we're in November, against Danny Jacobs, May of 2019. He fought as a light heavyweight last November, so do they they go down the road of stripping him? Could Munguia be involved uh, with another organization in a in a vacant title fight? Who knows how that works out, but he won on Friday night in the Golden Boy main event. All right, let's swing all the way across the pond, across the Atlantic, to the UK, to London, where the heavyweight contender battle between former world cruiserweight champion, uh, undisputed champion Alexander Usyk of the Ukraine uh, took out uh, Derek Chisora, not unexpected, the English heavyweight veteran at 36 years of age, has had a big punch throughout his career, didn't seem to offer much against Usyk. Usyk was very critical of his own performance, couldn't knock him down, couldn't knock him out. He gets the decision win. Marquise, you wrote about it for the site, your assessment of, U- of Usyk's victory. It was a pretty close fight, TJ, and I, I love the fact that Usyk said after the fight, when they gave him, asked him flat out on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your performance? He said 3. And it's interesting that he mentioned that because the fight itself was a lot closer than what many expected and what it really should have been, TJ. Where, like, Chizora, you could see by the second half of the fight, was completely out of it gas-wise, was tired, was fatigued. And Usyk just, for one reason or another, just couldn't put him away. And, and, and what happened as well is that I totally forgot to tell you, before the fight coming in, uh, Chisora had a good 40 pounds on him at the weigh-in, and yes. that played a big factor in the first half of the fight, where uh, he was trying to get, uh, Musa was trying to get inside on Chisora, and Chisora pretty much mauled him for the first three rounds. It, it made for a lot closer fight in the first half of it, but the second half, he just pulled away. Okay, so a couple of points. Again, uh, everybody's been off due to the pandemic and having some rust, but Usyk had not fought since the previous October. How rusty did he look to you? Because you watched much more of this fight live than I was able to see on Saturday. How rusty did he look? He didn't look really simply rusty, TJ. He just looked like he just couldn't get anything going. It was one of those things where right, I know this is like a big test for him at heavyweight, and you can't get a better test than Chisora in terms of a uh, – top names of heavyweights and gears of gatekeeper statuses. And it just looked like he just couldn't do anything on his end that pretty much he was able to do at Cruiserweight where he was able to outbox and move over around. He was still able to move around. He just couldn't uh, just land with significant power on him because Chisora had 40 pounds on him. On that point, do we now, uh, because uh, even in the Chaz Witherspoon fight, who's a 38-year-old journeyman that they found on four days notice last fall, Uh, and, and he couldn't really overwhelm that guy. Now Chisora is a step up. 
in competition, and he couldn't overwhelm him. Do we start to now wonder, does Usyk have enough punch in the heavyweight division if you start talking about Joshua, Fury, Wilder, et cetera, et cetera? Does Usyk have enough punch? Have we seen enough to wonder that? We do now, TJ, because that, with Usyk's size, and he's a small end at the heavyweight, where he's about 220, 221. And on most of the heavyweights, as we all know, uh, Jerry is currently, when he went to that Wilder fight, was 270. And it's clearly shown with this fight, which is Zora, who was 40 pounds heavy, that the size does make a difference when you're getting hit in the face. And I wonder with him as a whole, where outside of Usyk's footwork, which is going to keep him in the running for a lot of these fights, does he have enough power to stay around with all of them? I, it, it depends on what heavyweight we're into, TJ, because I really think uh, if, if, if there's a, bitter, a heavyweight with a better punch, they probably would have caught Usyk on Saturday night. Mm. Uh, again, the voice of Marquise Johns hanging with me. It's a recap version of the Big Fight Weekend podcast because there were so many big-time events, and Marquise is good enough here because of our schedules meshing to jump on the phone uh, with me here on, on our uh, podcast and recap all the fights for this weekend. So I promise after we pause here in a few moments, and, and we're going to get to the Gervonta Davis KO of Leo Santa Cruz in that uh, junior lightweight slash lightweight world title fight, which is still comical that it was for two titles in two different weight divisions, um, even though they're fighting at one weight. Uh, and then the monster, Naoya Inoue, the Japanese superstar unified bantamweight champ, also scored a knockout on Saturday night in the top-ranked show in Las Vegas in the main event. Uh, spectacular performance from him. I want Marquise's thoughts on all of that. But first, uh, speaking of Deontay Wilder, and I, I can't see you, but I bet you're smirking and smiling. We finally heard from him Saturday afternoon, breaking his silence for the first time in months. And Deontay was coming with both barrels on conspiracy theories, bashing his own trainer, Mark Breland. We wrote about this. I wrote about it on the Big Fight Weekend uh, website. He's alleging that Tyson Fury tampered with his gloves in both of the fights, and including the February fight where he put an, uh, what, what Wilder and his can't believe was some kind of a weight, an egg weight, a small weight in his gloves that dented Wilder's uh, side of his head with it. Uh, Marquise, uh, bizarre is how it's being described. Uh, a lot of other people are saying childish, stupid, immature for Wilder as a former heavyweight champ to be on social media alleging these wild allegations. He broke his silence. What do you have to say? You mean to tell me, TJ, we waited literally all pandemic long for Deontay Wilder to speak up about his uh, fight after the fact, and what we got was him doubling down on theories that have been already thrown out and confirmed false and nothing out of the ordinary that we didn't hear actually on his way up in the, of the uh, post-fight of the Fury-Water rematch. Really disappointed, TJ, only because you would think at this point either – once you lose, TJ, and I understand this, it's tough to take a loss. You either turn the page or move on, or you regroup. And he's done neither with those videos that just came out. The only thing of substance in those videos that came out, TJ, and you saw this as well, was he wants to rematch, and he, Water has been that he's taking on uh, – the best the WBC has to offer, or Carlos Cam, and it's like, eh, I mean, he has a point there, but everything else with the loaded gloves and the dented head, it's it very, very disappointing at best. DJ. He went on an interview after releasing the social media rant for about two minutes on video on social media. He went on an extended interview where the interviewer uh, online alleged, hey, you think something was wrong with your water as well. So that's a new one. And then he went on and on, Wilder, with multiple comments about how his water was spiked, something was wrong. I mean, at some point, 
you get dismissed as being a crybaby, a sore loser. I mean, we're complaining in February that the costume was too heavy, right? The costume yeah. that he decided on his own to wear into the ring, self-inflicted, was too heavy uh, and sapped his legs. That was an excuse. Uh, so now we've moved from that to Wilder believes he was being hit with a foreign object, like WWF wrestling, Marquette, Marquise. <laughs> That the, and now we also are saying my water was tainted, my own water. By who? By Breland? By somebody else? By by a Russian spy, like a James Bond movie in honor of the late Sean Connery passing away this weekend? Who tainted the water? So, to me, uh, this is uh, this is an awful look. This is a guy that's done a lot of things right and was really good for the sport who just doesn't seem to be able to accept, for the first time in his professional career, you lost. Is that the biggest overriding theme here, the inability to accept Fury beat you? That's my thinking, TJ, and also to answer your spiked water question, the correct answer is Bugs Bunny from Space Jam. He ran out of the uh, secret sauce for uh, Michael Jordan in the game, the two, the Toon Stars, and the Toon Squad there. And I'm really disappointed with that, where it's like, you really just have to find some way just to regroup after something like this. And it, it, it does come off as pretty crybabies, and at some point, TJ, no one wants to hear these excuses. I don't care. Win, lose, or draw, he lost. The reasoning behind your loss, we all saw in the ring. Everything around it, before it, the spiked water, the heavy costume, an arm injury, supposedly, a broken leg, whatever. No one, at this point, he's saying no one cares. Well, and the and the most important thing is what you said at the beginning. He really has leverage and public opinion behind him, even if he had done this this weekend, but he should have been doing it two or three weeks ago. If he was putting Fury on blast, Bob Arum on blast, and saying, I want to fight in December, I, I have a contract to fight him in December, I want to fight in December, the public would have gotten behind him, right, Marquise, on that. But he didn't do that. It makes us wonder again, like we've said on a previous podcast, is he really injured? And that's why he can't fight in December and he won't say that he does want to fight in December. But do you uh, give me some analysis on on that? The fact that he did not, not aggressively weeks ago come out and say, I want to fight in December and this guy should not be fighting a joke fight instead of fighting me. I have a contract. The public would get behind that. So it only leads to the belief that he's hurt, and that's why he's not demanding the rematch in December and wanting Fury to wait on him. And Fury says, hey, in the contract, after 2020 expires on December 31st, I don't owe you a rematch anymore. That's my thinking, TJ, and he's going to have to wait at this point for what the WBC mandates. Because water is, of course, still the mandatory challenger at number one, not that Pavek and whatever have you. And it makes me wonder, TJ, that I do think he is injured because he didn't say anything about wanting to fight as soon as possible. Because yep. the theories of him with this whole spike glove and all that nonsense, those were coming out literally days after the fight back in February. And we get and we get this now literally as we close up the year in November? Like, no. Like, it, it, yeah. it, something behind the scenes is really happening, and I just don't get it why he waited so long for these excuses. And one more before we pause and get to the other big uh, PBC Showtime card and the top-ranked card uh, that had the big main events and the big knockouts. Is this, as you just alluded to, a bigger indication now, follow the clues, read between the lines, that there is complete disarray behind the scenes. Breland is out of there, and who is he running his own camp, and is he getting bad advice from, from hangers-on that are around him, and Wilder's in complete disarray? Are you, are you in the camp right now believing that more and more and more with what we're seeing? It's hard to disagree with it, TJ, at this point, because you have to wonder what the focus is for it, because at this point, we don't know who's leading him now with his next camp, if he wants to fight again next, 
when is he fighting next? Who is going to lead him to weight at this point? I mean, we all heard at the, during the pandemic how fighters are reaching out to him. But like, did that help out? Or are they actually really being involved? Was it just telephone calls? No one knows anything except the one thing we got from water out of all of this, despite waiting so long for it, was his water was spiked. So we'll <laughs> and he hit me, afterwards. and he hit me with the foreign object, like uh, classy Freddie Blassie with the cl- with what? the cane in the old days of the WWF. <laughs> With Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Uh, Okay, we'll see what happens with Wilder. And when we will see him again, will Fury press ahead and fight in about a month in England like he wants to? That is still to come. Marquis, stand by. Still to come here on this podcast. More on the big knockout. The knockout of the weekend. One of the punches of the year from Gervonta Davis as we roll on here on Big Fight Weekend. But first, we're brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag. We've headed now into November with the NFL, with college football, everything that's going on right now in sports. And of course, whether you're a first-time customer or whether you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, contests, everything they offer every week, including with the fights off the huge weekend last weekend. Find all the odds, sign up, load up, find an edge, make your bets, and get paid with MyBookie. And right now, if you sign up today and use the promo code SGP, you'll get a deposit match all the way up to $500 in your account if you're a first-time user. Again, if you're a first-time user, put $100 in, they'll put $100 in. The same with $200 on your initial deposit, they'll put $200 in all the way up to $500. It's winning season at MyBookie. Join in the fun. Get some cash. You bet. You win. You get paid. A $500 up to $500 deposit match awaits you as a first-time user with our promo code SGP. It's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. All right, now look, we're early in the week. If you're hearing us on Monday, obviously the Monday night game is going on with the Buccaneers and the Giants at the Meadowlands. Thursday night looming game is the Packers taking on uh, the 49ers in the NFL. But whatever the case is with the pro football, you will want to be part of it here with Thrive Fantasy and their player props. There's been fantastic response from you, the audience. So get in with Thrive and eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that are going to have the biggest impact in the games. For example, in the NFL, there's 20 available player props every week. Choose the 10 that you like the best out of those different props, and if you hit them all, then you win. So, again, a little later in the week, they'll have the props out for the NFL football beginning with Thursday night football and then the weekend slate. Make sure to check back at Thrive Fantasy. Download the app in the App Store in the Google Play Store for Thrive Fantasy. Go to thrivefantasy.com to find out more about the prizes. Thrive has given out over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes every week. They have awarded over $1.6 million in cash prizes. So again, check it out. Use our promo code SGP when you sign up today and get an instant match of up to $50 on your first deposit. Again, SGP is the promo code. Download Thrive Fantasy, sign up, prop up, and use our promo code SGP. 
All right, sports fans, also don't forget to grab the brand new album from our buddy Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast. His comedy album is out. This loss hurts us all. It's only $3.99. It's going to be highly entertaining and worth your while to laugh along with Sean, particularly because he's such a diehard Eagles fan. This comes from he and his dad and their long love-hate relationship with the Philly teams, especially the Eagles. His dad would oftentimes, when they had a tough loss, use the phrase this loss hurts us all and that's where the comedy album comes from the album uh is available right now online at sportsgamblingpodcast.com it's available right there sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash sean s-e-a-n spell his name just 3.99 for the album this loss hurts us all is hilarious you're gonna love it go get it at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash sean And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. We are back in recapping the weekend of fights. Fight cards again from DAZN and Golden Boy in California. Matchroom boxing in London. And then on to San Antonio, Texas and the Vegas bubble with PBC, Premier Boxing Champions and Top Rank Boxing, respectively. Marquise Johns, call you back in. Senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Love me some Week Sauce Radio on the recap podcast here off the weekend. Okay, uh, we've now had a couple of days of the time that we're talking to digest that uh, brutal uppercut knockout by uh, Tank Davis Saturday night in the WBA junior lightweight slash lightweight regular title fight, not the world title fight from the WBA. I don't care about the belts. I don't care about the setting. I don't care about what you had for dinner or a late night snack. That was a heck of a punch that ended what was an entertaining fight. Leo Santa Cruz came to fight, stood in front of Davis, was trading blows with him, and then boom, Marquise, your thoughts. Absolutely, TJ, without a doubt. Look, if that's not knockout of the year at some point, once it's all said and done, it's going to be. Because the way – in fact, even Tank Davis himself explained it like on, online after the fact on Sunday night where he said he saw the one punch coming, he countered, he blocked the second one, and then he countered the third one with that nasty uppercut. And that was one of the sickest punches I've ever seen. What was funny, TJ, also as well on social media because the internet is undefeated, as you well know. They showed the Santa Cruz getting knocked out. He was still smiling in the, uh, in the corner, which I still think was pretty funny on their end. But, no, it was a great display by Davis on that because Santa Cruz came to play, and he was trying to actually give him the, the five-division world champion, which is, you know, the, the, the legacy part of the greatness. And what was interesting about that with Davis, everything leading into it, as we all know, was, was he going to make weight? Which weight was he going to make? How was he going to look in the ring? And he answered a lot of those questions Saturday night to a pretty much for a time being, shut everybody up. No doubt. And, and we were talking on the preview podcast, and it was my mistake because it was so confusing about whether they were fighting at 130 or 135. And he made the 130-pound weight. Forget about making 135. Davis on uh, Friday before the fight Saturday night made the 130-pound weight on the first attempt. 
um, and looked like the stronger, bigger fighter, but credit Santa Cruz. He was standing in there right in front of him, banging away. That fourth round, highly entertaining. There were there were two lengthy exchanges with both guys in, a, in, in really what, what we call in boxing a firefight, just blasting each other, and Santa Cruz refused to, to box, move, jab, frustrate. He was going to stay there in front of Davis, much to his detriment, ultimately, and, and took that uh, that wicked shot. And, and I thought Davis, in, in the post-fight press conference, uh, not only gracious crediting Santa Cruz for battling him, but even admitted he, he showed some honesty. Hey, he touched me a couple of times. It looked like a couple of those punches got his attention. Didn't necessarily hurt him, much less drop him, but he got his attention, Santa Cruz, got Davis's attention with a couple of big shots. That says something for Javante Davis, that he was able to pull through with that mentality, and then come up with that big punch. Uh, all right, if we're ranking them just real quick for fun, the Povetkin uppercut knockout of Dillian White, the Zapata uh, bomb that, initially, that eventually ended the fight with Ivan Baranchik in the top-ranked bubble in Vegas, and that Davis uppercut knockout, those three are all in the running for KO of the year. How do you rank them right now, Marquise? TJ, I, I'm still biased to uh, Dillian White's uppercut but from, off of Povetkin was one. Davis two, Baranchik three. That uppercut by Bovekin still is just one of those things where you could see that he was out on his feet and just <laughs> white and just dropped like a bag of rocks. This is one of those nasty signs. <laughs> and there's something about the heavyweights, right? When the heavyweights do it, it always. But that's not to take away from Davis winding up almost from hip level, waist level with that uppercut, and boom. Leo Santa Cruz had only been knocked down one other time in his career, never been knocked out, and he was. He was out before he hit the canvas. That's what was scary about that moment, and it's good to see that he got released from the hospital. So, Gervonta Davis victorious in the main event. Uh, Speculate, he's going to stay at 130, or do you think all this talk about him maybe fighting Teofimo Lopez at 135 ever materializes? Give me some educated speculation on the next few months and the next fight or two for Gervonta Davis. What do you think, Marquise? One thing about Davis that was but before the pandemic, TJ, he was one of the more active fighters at 130 than 135. I want to say he's going to stay at 130 for his next fight to defend that dad version of the WBA belt. The one that he has at 135, let's be honest, TJ, it's, it's, it's the regular title. No one right. knows, whatever. So uh, I think he's going to stay there at 130. The interesting part about that at 130 is I don't know who's going to actually hang out around with him at 130 from the challenge. I mean, there's a couple of mandatory challenges for you, the WBA. He could probably stack up against them on the PBC side of things. But in terms of mega fights, I, I don't think he's facing the TFP Malopez anytime soon. And TFP Malopez has a mandatory now against uh, George Cambosis, who won on the, on the undercard in the Comey event on the Usyk card. So he has to wait after that nonsense to go down. And I just don't think that's a possibility. They'll just be talking online for a while. I really think it's going to be someone that the WBA either throws at him or someone that they can find just to keep him active in the ring next time in 2021. All right, a few more minutes here with Marquise Johns before we're done. Big Fight Weekend recap podcast off of all the action this weekend. So Davis gets the knockout win. Uh, we don't have a ton of time here, but just a quick comment. Regis Progre missed weight. Uh, at the 140-pound limit, came in at 141, was fined heavily, but still knocked out Juan Geraldez uh, with a booming left of his own in the third round. Progre trying to get back in the picture at 140 in the junior welterweight division in the title picture. Would love a rematch with Josh Taylor. He did his part. He missed weight. It's embarrassing. He got fined, but he still did his part with his knockout. So that's somebody to keep an eye on real quick. Marquise here for 2021, at least early in 2021, right? 
Absolutely, TJ. No, he, he missed weight, but he did miss the birth of his child on Sunday, uh, Kalani. Congratulations to him on that. And what's interesting with him at 140, TJ, I really wonder what they're going to have for him next up. Uh, in terms of him signing with PBC, because it was just a one-fight deal, we'll see if he renews that one-fight deal. If he stays at 140, if he gets back into the title picture, see if he faces someone like a Mario Barrios, who also was victorious on that uh, David Santa Cruz card as well, beating uh, Ryan Cowboy Carl. All right, so there's a name. Marquise has always got the names of who to watch off the undercards, and might they be setting up that matchup. Before we go, save the best for last. It was Halloween. Only fitting that a Japanese monster came to the bubble, Naoya Inoue, and scored a seventh-round knockout of Jason Maloney, Australian contender contender in the World Bantamweight uh, title fight, WBA and IBF World Championships. The monster was as advertised. He was dominant, high-volume punching, some big punches, scored a knockdown of Maloney in the sixth round, and then finished him off with a wicked right hand right at the end of the seventh round. Maloney beat the count barely, but was in no shape to continue. The monster delivered. Marquise, give me some analysis on it. Yeah, TJ, I'll apologize to you on uh, for last podcast. I was telling you, hey, uh, anyway, may have ring rust. Uh, what does this version of you look like? Uh, no, not no. That that was honestly TJ. For lack of better terms, that fight was pretty much one way traffic. And uh, it's interesting with that one also, mainly because. Not the way that anyway looked, because he looked like a machine out there. But from here, hopefully we get what we wanted at the beginning of the year with these guys with anyway. Hopefully taking on Cash Dinero in the unification belt, which I want to see at the beginning of the year. That was one of the big fight cards for anyway's original Las Vegas debut in the United States. Not his American debut. People will remind you. He fought in 2017 right. on HBO Sports. Does not forget about that. And I, I, he looked dominant, TJ. Like, like, and you're like, anyways, in a lot of people's pound for pounds list. And if you didn't see that fight Saturday night, go back and check it out on ESPN Plus and see why. He has got dynamite in both gloves. Japanese 118 pound star, former junior bantamweight world champion, now bantamweight unified champion. And John Riel Casamayor is the name from the Philippines. He has another one of the titles at 118. Those guys may be fighting again, but the monster was everything. I mean, Maloney was game. He was taking shots throughout the fight, standing in front of him again, but uh, no ring rust from uh, Inouye, who had not fought in a year since last November. Uh, Maloney had fought in the top-ranked bubble in the summer. Didn't matter. Inouye's power just too much for him. Congrats to him. He gets the victory in the Bantamweight main event. And now we can uh, exhale off of all of that off the weekend. Marquise, a final thought on a busy weekend of fights. Give me a final thought. I'm uh, looking forward to TJ to see if Teofimo Lopez stays at 135 or moves up now. Now that he knows he has his opponent in the IBF is the mandatory of a George Cambosas Jr. who won a very, very close and uneventful split decision victory over uh, Lee Selby on Saturday night. Essentially, TJ, if that fight happens, Lopez was an underdog in that Lomachenko fight. Just that will be the last time that happens for a long, long time, and Cambosas will not be the favorite in that fight in any way, shape, capacity, uh, day or night. And also with Progreus, he missed weight, and I really wonder if he was complaining about the long camps and the layoffs from Hooker because that fight never materialized at the catch weight, and then he just couldn't stay down or couldn't get back down. I wonder if he's going to actually finally move up to that 147 he was hinting at before, or if he's going to try to press on and see if he can stay at 140. 
Yeah, Regis Progray can definitely get, if he steins back on with PBC beyond the one fight, he can get some serious fights at 147, uh, whether it be with Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, just to throw out a couple of names, a couple of other guys probably at 147 hovering around the biggest names like Errol Spence uh, and Manny Pacquiao down the road. We'll see what he does. We know this, Gervonta Davis, spectacular knockout, spectacular knockout for Inouye, the monster from Japan, solid win for Usyk, not spectacular, and also a victory for Jaime Munguia, and we have recapped all of it. And Marquise, they can read much more on the recaps, everything that happened on BigFightWeekend.com, correct? Absolutely, PJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll be recapping all the fights. And this is a great weekend of fights. The ones this weekend, TJ, not so much. But down the line, uh, we got Terrence Crawford back in action in the middle of November. So that should be interesting to keep an eye out for. Yeah, we have that. And eventually in December, the Errol Spence pay-per-view, Anthony Joshua and Pulev. Does Tyson Fury end up fighting? We do have a couple of fights uh, as this month goes on that are interesting. But it was a big weekend this past weekend. Marquise, thank you. Great stuff. I appreciate you jumping on the Recap Podcast, sir. Thank you so much, TJ. Follow him at Week Sauce Radio. Follow us at Big Fight Weekend. Reminder, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. However you found us, social media links, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe to Big Fight Weekend's podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. We preview the fights every week, and when it's big enough, we come back like this and we recap them as well. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with Marquise and me on the Big Fight Weekend Recap Podcast. Bye. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.